the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hey everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. Paul has the week off. SpotTrack is brought to you by Morgan Stanley Global Sports Entertainment, empowering professional athletes and entertainers with knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more by visiting morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, member SIPC, Yankees. Boy, and talking about informed decisions, managing their – we're going to start with the baseball here real quick, and then we'll get to football because there's a lot of updates to talk about in football too, but we're coming down to the playoffs in Major League Baseball, and it's just remarkable what the Yankees have been able to do considering all the players that have been on the injured list. It's unbelievable that they're here. They destroyed the Red Sox somehow. I mean, right. put, literally turned them upside down. Um I'm not sure they're the favorites. Would you think? I think Houston, no. I think Houston, Houston is yeah. way ahead of them, right? Yeah. But m- remarkable that when you when you break down the numbers, like we have uh, our injured list tool at Spot Track, so it's sort of easy for me to see these numbers. But they're crazy numbers. 2,500 combined days of injured list by the by all of the players who've hit the list. <clears throat> that's 81 million cash paid out to injured players. That's the injured players. Base. That's the that's the per day pay added up for the entire season to date. $81 million to does that Does that account for what they're paying their replacements? No, it doesn't. Well, that's just the players who are on the injured list wow. on a per day basis. So it's that's a nuts amount of money. And they're not even a high payroll. They're a, you know, they're a top 10 payroll, but they're not the old Yankees. I mean, right. this number would have been bigger in the old, in, you know, 10 years ago. But they are light years ahead of everybody else in terms of accrued days on the injured list, cost of the injured list. They are 600 days more accrued on the injured list than the second place Padres. 600. I mean, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> They've spent 32 million more to injured players than the second place Mets. Yankees and Mets are one, two, and in, in because of you know your Jacoby Ellsbury's and your Jonas Cespedes deals. But that, that's, that's so the Yankees have spent. This is a big, big deal that they've done, gone through this, and now they're easily won the AL East and are in the playoffs. You know, you lived in New York for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, they say the pizza's the best there because of the water, right? When they make sure. it, it, must be, is it something in the water in New York? Why they, they have all these injuries? Uh, it's, it's, and by an, the way, I don't a, agree with that, by the way, the water pizza thing. Sorry, New Yorkers. I agree. You agree? You think their pizza's the best? No, I, I agree with you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's overrated. It's really good. It's fine. Yeah. We're from Buffalo. It's it, thicker here. Yes. It, yeah. <laughs> Our pizza is better. All right. Anyhow, we digress. Um, it's, it's just an unbelievable story. It should get Aaron Booth the coach of the year. Manager Without question, it right? really should. At the end of the day, he's done enough. I mean, I mean, I, I tried to break this down positionally. He listen to this stat: eight of the nine opening day starters have been on the aisle at least once, and the ninth one, Glaber Torres, has been hurt all of September. He's sitting out right now. They're they're slow playing him back into the playoffs here. So basically, everyone who was a factor to start the year has been injured at least once. Most of them have been injured more than once. Three of those starting nine from day one out for the year, have missed basically the whole year. And the shortstop, Tulowitzki, retired. <laughs> so so you're, starting, you're talking about a team that half of their opening day lineup basically didn't exist for most of the year. And they've completely turned the corner. They, they didn't really make huge deadline moves. The, this, this team was just built to win. They were deep to start. They had questions at every position. And the, the, the answer was, we're going to use who was ever available, essentially. And they needed to. I mean, you, they basically spent the whole year without John Carl Stanton. 
Right. He's been in and out of the lineup. He's been hurting an hour after he came back, essentially. I mean, it's been a terrible year for him. Judge missed significant time. His numbers are cut in half because of it. Yeah, I mean, if you just go up and down the lineup, statistically, from, from an IL standpoint, from a payroll standpoint, none of this should have worked, but it all worked. And I, Like I said, I don't know if they get to the finish line with this thing. It would be an incredible story if they did. But uh, the fact that they're here, having gone through all of this, and oh, by the way, most of these guys are crazy young. This team is built to win for five years. So, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, the other team in New York is going to be pretty good here for a while. It, it's always interesting, though, when the Yankees are good, in my it, opinion. It is. It is. You need you need the Cowboys to be good in football. You need the yes. Lakers to be good in basketball. You know what I mean? There's certain uh, iconic franchises that, you know, you need to see part of the postseason. And yeah. for me in baseball, the Yankees are there, the Red Sox, the I prefer Dodgers. the Yankees this way, by the way. They sort of built themselves up from the ground up. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I said, they're, they're more likable. They're way more likable. Way more likable. And, and then seeing something like this makes them even more likable, in my opinion. Right. That, well, they're, that they're playing real ball. <laughs> when they would go out and buy players and trade for exactly. players. Like I'm thinking when Jeter first came up, um, you know, with, um, uh, why can't, you know, why can't they get the catcher? Posada, of course. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like those players yeah. when they came up when they were young, and I'm just just those two come to mind immediately. Um, like, okay, we like them. They were they were fun to watch, totally engaging. And yeah. then they get a Rod, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, of course yeah. they got a Rod. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyhow, uh, this is more organic. It seems perfect. With aside from Stanton aside, perfect. They're they're sort of defense minded. I mean, they're hitting home runs. Let's not let's sure. Not, let's not beat her on the bush. Everybody's hitting home runs. DJ LeMay, who is their best player, they got him for twelve million dollars last year. So. This is, a, this is a crazily organically built team that just sort of clicked immediately, and here they are. So it's they're, they're certainly going to be fun to watch in the postseason. I don't know how far they get, but they're going to be fun to watch. One, one more thing on baseball, yeah. um, and this it deals with money. This podcast deals with money in sports. Home runs, to me, generate money, not only for players, but for fans, to put uh, fans in the seats. And there seems to be more home runs. There. You know, more people are hitting more. Like I've I look at Alonzo and this. oh yeah, right. And I'm like, whoa, what? Wait a second, what happens? Well, why are we? Why to, are we going to be over fifty again, close to sixty? I thought that was bad for baseball because too many questions right? right now, right? Because there's concern that there's an oversaturation of it. it it's certainly making the, the the game of baseball worse. There's no question. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, you can take the bunts out if you need. You, you know, I, I understand. You know, the shifting and, and sort of that the evolution of that, but. Small ball's gone. Correct. Small ball is completely gone. I mean, you're not even trying for a single anymore. There was, I think, there was a couple of games last night where there were like, there were nine hits. They were all extra base hits. That's all people care about are doubles and homers. Right. So, and I understand it if the analytics say that's how you win more games. Fine. But you, you and I both know everything changes for every sport in the postseason. Yes. Every sport, and I do think the Yankees can play small ball if they've had to have. I mean, you're you're just you're literally throwing guys at third and shortstop throughout the year just to patch this thing together, and none of those guys are you know mashing home runs out of the yard. So it's uh they're going to be built to win in the postseason. I just don't know if they're as good as a Houston team that just is ridiculously crazy deep. All right, let's. Uh, I, I agree with you. By the way, yeah. Houston. I mean, Verlander. Houston just, and the Dodgers just seem to have you know rosters that are built to win immediately, right? Yes. I mean, the Braves are good. I went and saw the Braves live. They're, I saw the Braves. Good. And I saw the Nationals live, too. Darn good teams. They just seem to be a step behind the Dodgers. I was at a Braves-Nationals game nice. uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, were we at the same game and didn't know? No. Uh, <laughs> You're in Washington, right? Bra- yeah, Braves <laughs> shut out the Nats 5 nothing in the game. Scherzer was on the hill. Yeah. And looked pedestrian. Yeah? Yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't have it. Who threw for the Braves? Do you remember? 
Tehran, Fultonevich. No, it wasn't Fultonevich. Soroka. The Soroka. Kid? Oh, yes. he's, he's the kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a he was, right yeah, there. It was, the Braves looked dominant. Those are game, two though. fun teams with those young kids. Nice ballpark. Fun, fun team. Washington, like to, yeah. You know, I paid 20 bucks. Nice. We had, uh, had an option, and, you know, we just walked up to the window. I never trust the guys in the street anymore. <laughs> you know, ever since I, I, I bought a... You got burned once hard? I got burned once by a kid in a wheelchair at Wrigley. <laughs> There's a lot of ways how, to go with that story. How cliche is that, right? But th- that was years ago. Um, but I, I go to the window, 20 bucks standing room seats, and it was great. Perfect. Yeah, we, we, we were able to switch spots during the game, found yeah. a spot in the railing. Of course. All night long. It was great. I'd highly recommend it. I like it. All right. Uh, I don't know about standing room only at, uh, you know, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, um, but they're standing in line to get paid, and Dak Prescott still has not been paid by the Cowboys, and it looks like contract talks were, you know, right after the opener, you know, it's like, listen, when you get quotes in a locker room after a big win in the opener, especially from an owner, like he's just, he's thrilled. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take care of him. Well, then it comes down to the, the nitty gritty and talks and they appear to have uh, stalled here for a little bit with Dak Prescott. Well, the thing to talk about right now is that there's nothing to talk about. Right. I mean, you're right. Initially there was a lot of chatter. Dak was talking, Dak's agent was talking, Jerry was talking, Jerry's brother was talking. You, you sort of felt like it was getting to the finish line and now it's just completely radio silent uh, which means one of the sides is not happy, and that's probably not Dallas, right? My guess is either Dak is not happy about the amount of money being being mentioned, or and this is where I think the conversation is really going is he probably doesn't want one of these six year deals that that Dallas keeps giving out. Dallas gave it a six year deal to Zeke, which you understand from both sides on that one because yep. he's a running back. Uh, Jalen Smith, six year deal. A couple of the guards, six year deal. The center, Travis Frederick, six year deal. They like this. Let me tell you why they like this. It's two things. Number one, shocking, Jerry Jones likes the control, right? He likes to have the upper hand and the control. And when you've got a guy under contract, even if they don't like the contract in a couple of years, Dallas has the control, right? So they, they can sort of push this thing around. And number two, and this is just the way the Dallas front office has always operated, they love to restructure contracts. They love to move the cap around to make it work for them year by year. They love to have nice long deals already in place that they can push the cap backwards and forwards a little bit as needed. And that's what they want to do with Dak Prescott. They, they probably want to get him a little bit lower this year, a little bit higher next year. Then they restructure it next year again and push it down the way. My guess is Dak says, I'm 26. There's a new CBA coming. I don't want to deal with any of that mess. Mm-hmm. I want a structured, good cash flow for three, four years. I want a four-year extension. Right. I'm gonna get this, I wanna get myself to 30 years old. We'll see how this new CBA affects the contracts. And then I want control at 30. I want to be able to say, I'm you know, I'm out of here or or it's time to pay me based on these credentials, all these things. But my guess is he doesn't want to be 32 years old at the end of this contract and then sitting there saying what's next. So my my guess is it's the length of deal that has really got these both sides button heads right now. You know, you mentioned CBA and that is coming up. In four years? No, after, after 21. After 2021. Yeah. So are, are we seeing, or do you think we're seeing these contracts, uh, lockout protection, strike protection yeah, for players? Because you've seen that in, the, in hockey where contracts have been negotiating and say, okay, well, if there's a lockout, we'll pay you $3 million. We're not seeing any of that specifically. There might be language in there, and I'm sure in some cases there are. Uh, that, is it just none where of the bonus has, money takes care of that? My guess is, yeah, there's a lot of uh, salary guarantee versus bonus, you know, bonus incentive guarantee where you know, your lead players just, we're locking it in now no matter what. And then if we got to rip this thing up later, we'll do it. But 
the players that are signing right now are, ba- I mean, you're not getting four-year guarantees anyway, right? Sure. They've so been three, three go, years. Yeah, most, go get right? your three-year guarantees now. We'll bring it up to the new CBA. Then we'll talk again. That's which is exactly the deck conversation here. He doesn't want to lock himself to in too far after that CBA or, like I said, close to that 30-year age. So it makes a lot of sense that he wants something more short-term, more impactful. Look, I'll say it. I'll probably say it till I'm blue in the face. The Julio Jones deal is perfect. It's picture, picture perfect. Huge money, huge guarantee, 98% guaranteed. Three years, 66 million, 64 guaranteed. Takes him right past 30 years old. Takes him right up to that new CBA. Everything about it is completely perfect. Every elite player in the league should be modeling that right there. Let me play the other side of this here for Dak Prescott. Why wouldn't you want to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys for your entire career, or at least for as long as the elite running backs there, the linemen are there to protect you? Um, You're on America's team. I'm using air quotes here for the Dallas Cowboys. The marketing opportunities that come along with that are going to be greater. Already has been. Yes. than, Than perhaps other teams. And when you see what's, happening to your no are, your peers are you working for jerry jones well no I'm guessing I'm just, this is exactly well, what he says well we can't you know listen if we want to be objective here we can't just have the one side of the conversation no, I, you're for the right. player if i'm management I, i'm laying out all these things and i'd say hey you know dak look at um you know it, it, there are more vicious hits so let's look at andrew luck here's a guy who walks away at 30 and you look at uh the quarterback deshaun watson down down the expressway uh, you know, on the Gulf of Mexico there, Houston, um, all the hits Deshaun Watson's taking, yeah. I, I, w- I would think you'd want the, the longer, isn't the longer term deal going to give you more guaranteed money right now than waiting on the if comes of a CBA? No, it, which does, it doesn't have more. to. It doesn't have to. Because like I said, he's not even getting four years guaranteed. He's getting three. No so, matter length of deal. We've, we have never, in 10 years. So if he signs an eight-year deal, three will be guaranteed. Three will be guaranteed. He might get a fourth-year injury guarantee, which is helpful to what you're talking about, but I, it's just not going to happen. This, the six-year deal contains at least three-year deals of fluff initially. It's just fluff. It's, it's Jerry's control. It's what he wants. And, and to your point, I can go even deeper down this rabbit hole. The cap is rising at $10 million every year. And so it's like buying a new car. The second you take it off the lot, <laughs> things not worth what it's nearly what it was before that. The second right. Dak signs his contract, he comes back next year. He's probably going to be underpaid already. Cleo Mack is crazy underpaid already. Right. Uh, well, crazy underpaid. Did you watch him on Monday night? <laughs> yeah. But we've seen right. that a lot now, right? Yes. After he signed this deal, he's crazy underpaid already. So there's there's a level of that. If Dak believes that he can be the elite Dallas Cowboys quarterback then he should be signing new contracts every three years. And that's just the way to go. That's what Brady has done. Right. Well, I was going to say Tom Brady Brady has done. Tom Tom Brady has earned less than what his market value is. Yeah. Annually. Annually. But cumulatively, it's not that much less. Right. Because he gets a nice big bonus. Well, he's given up a little bit to win. That's all. Right. And what's legacy worth? It's priceless. It, it, what's funny about it is the the model that he's taken, right? This this new contract every two years, this sort of restructured extension, it, it gives him all the control in the world for a guy who needs none of it. <laughs> like he's right. never leaving, right? He's never leaving, right? It's like if LeBron was never going to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers, why keep signing those two year deals? Well, you, because you're LeBron James, right? And you want it just in case you need the chance to get the heck out of there. That's what these quarterbacks really need to start doing. The money is always going to be there. Look, we've seen. We've seen guys with torn ACLs and Achilles and all that come back and still get huge money, right? We just saw Kevin Durant with an Achilles. Huge money. If you're a superstar in sports right now, injuries don't matter anymore. 
That's what that's the trend we've seen over the past 18 to 24 months is nothing really matters. If you're elite, let's let's not go Antonio Brown, but we can go Antonio Brown mm-hmm. if we have to. If you're elite, nothing really matters, right? Not the injuries, not the crazy, not anything really. So Dak should be betting on himself here. That age 30, that that three year, four year guarantee. Get this thing out and let's do it again. So that's really where I think the uh, the struggle is. All right, before we, uh, well, you mentioned Antonio Brown. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to go there. Well, no, but we haven't we haven't uh, discussed it since uh, right. being with the Patriots and being gone with the Patriots. Uh, we had a week off from the show. Um, the Antonio Brown situation. Let's just. Uh, how much money has he been paid? How much has he forfeited? Okay. Under both contracts. Okay. So obviously he had 30 million guaranteed with Oakland, 15 of that this year. So right away, you, you lost yourself $15 million in 2019. Then you signed a deal that essentially had 10 and a half million guaranteed. And you played for one week. You're on the roster for two weeks. You made yourself $153,000. Oh, by the way, Oakland fined you $270,000. So essentially... <laughs> He lost money. He lost money. Essentially, I don't. I don't believe that actually happened. I'm sure there were some semantics built into it. I don't. Believe, yeah, I don't believe he paid the fines. Right. Um, and my, my guess is there will be lawyers, and he's going to go hard after Oakland's money now, and possibly New England's money now. Possibly. On what grounds? You, you tell me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not All right. the lawyer here. All right. You tell me. All I know is if I lost thirty million dollars this year, I'd be pretty. Uh, I'd be pretty adamant to go after it as well. But essentially, what he's made. From football money is one hundred and fifty three thousand dollars this right. year. After all, all depends on what clauses are in the contract on a personal conduct. Yeah. Uh, B on. I know. We, I know for sure he lost five hundred grand for missing practices and workouts, sure. which is crazy. But he definitely lost that in Oakland. The, obviously, the, the rest was voided. That's where you're talking about the conduct voided for personal conduct. That's sure. where he's going to try to attack Oakland. And then his sign, his nine million dollars signing bonus was never paid in, in New England. New England cut him three days before the first installment of that bonus was going to be paid. So he never earned any cash from that bonus. Um, but he's still going to fight for it. I would think he's so. He's still going to try to get that, that bonus. That was a signing bonus. It was a guaranteed bonus, $9 million. It was just spread out over two payments, none of which happened yet. Um, and then he had his base salary, of course, and then a couple of per-game roster bonuses, which he'll never see more of those, obviously. But uh, well, the, only- could, the, the, the point I'm making here is we probably have not heard the last of Antonio Brown no. this year. I, uh, well, he's going back to school. Yeah, that's sure. what they Maybe the best decision he's made, by the way. There, there might be an in, <laughs> insubordination clause in his contract, I would think, with the Raiders and, and with no any question. team, right? So yeah, that's he, pretty standard. I think it, they can make a strong case he's insubordinate, recording phone calls with the coach, yeah. posting things out there. Um, I'd find that insubordinate. Um, when it comes to the Patriots, when you're talking about – and I, I don't think they cut him because of the money. No. I think they cut him because of the second – uh, allegation that came out and those texts that came out where, you know... Yeah, I think the timing was, was suspect, though. Like I said, it was two days prior. He was he was about to make $5 million cash in two more days. Well, here's the one thing. You give him the money, harder to get back. Way harder. Yes. Way harder. So it, it definitely had a factor in, in, in all of this happening. Certainly, well, you know, the news broke at a perfect, a perfect time for the Patriots to get out of this, but th- th- this is going to continue on. I mean, his lawyer is... Uh, Busy person. Busy guy. Yeah. 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 The one who's going to make out in all this, his attorney. Yeah. That's for sure. No matter what, right? <laughs> his attorney's going to make the money. They're the ones who always do. All right. Um, Amari Cooper. Other wide receivers. Yeah. yeah let's uh, talk about wide receivers. Uh, um, Amari Cooper and 
where his contract here is and, you know, perhaps what he's thinking right now. Yeah. The, the receiver for the Cowboys. This one's a little tougher. A this is I don't have a, a cut and dry answer like I did with Dak um, because Cooper's sort of just saying I'm good. Right. And, and I don't know if that means I don't really want to be here long term. Which could be. I don't know why, but it, that could be the case. Yeah. Or it could be, uh, this isn't the right time for me to sign a contract. So let's talk about it from that angle. Let's talk about, because I there's obviously, I can see both sides of that. Uh, I understand him not wanting the contract in March or in July because you had Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, all negotiating their deals in, right in front of your face. And you certainly want to piggyback off those numbers because those were guys who were going to be at, at or above where you belonged in Amari Cooper. So... Those deals are all done. Thomas's is garbage. I'll say it again. It's a garbage deal. Tyreek yeah. Tyre Hill's deal is as good as it can be. And that's how I'll say that as well. Um, especially now with him injured. I mean, this is just icing on the cake for how that could have gone. And the Julio Jones deal is perfect. So you, you kind of have three different versions of, a, of an elite wide receiver deal to model this Cooper deal off of. And he's basically saying, no, thanks. Uh, so let's talk about this. Number one. It could very well be now that he and Dak are sort of bonded together and saying, we're, we're going to bet on ourselves. We're going to Joe Flacco this thing. We think we're damn good, right? We're mm-hmm. going to play out 2019, and then we're going to talk about our value because our value is going to be you know, two levels more up the ladder if, if we do this thing right, which it sure looks like that's possible. Um, it, might, it might not be the worst thing in the world, barring an injury, of course. Um, the second thing is... Because of those deals I talked about to Thomas and Jones and Hill, the franchise tag value is going to jump. It's 16 and a half-ish now in 2019. It's probably going to be north of 17 million next year, which isn't a pretty that's not a bad starting point, right? No, that's you, not terrible. You get slapped with that tag in February, 17 million in your in your pocket, essentially. You know, he's not going to sign it, but that's going to be the framework now to say, all right, now 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 let's talk about a multi-year deal because obviously we 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 know it's got to close, you know. My guess is is it approaches 20 million, doesn't quite get to 20 million. Um, with Cooper, but who knows if this if this cap jumps over two hundred million, you know if he has fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns, then we're talking north so, of twenty million. I think Dak. They want to get Dak done first. Well, that's the other part Cooper, of this right? is the timing of these two players. Do they want to get Dak done first? I was thinking about this. I was watching Dallas, and I watched a lot of Dallas in the past couple of weeks because I I do think they're a great team. I don't mean to knock Dak. We've done this with a lot of quarterbacks, but I don't. Dak was not Dak until Amari Cooper became a Cowboy. He was not Dak Prescott. He was not being asked to throw the ball much. They ran the offense through Zeke. It was a lot of tight end play. I mean, it was it was game management to to the T. And now all of a sudden they've got this player, this dynamic wide receiver one, and Dak's allowed to open up the offense. Now he's doing it. I mean, he's accurate. He's doing a great job of it. But I, I wonder if Amari means more to Dallas than Dak right now. They also have uh, a Hall of Fame to be tight end. In, in Witten? Yeah. That was a big... Look at... He's he not wasn't there have, last year. He's so. not going to have gigantic numbers, no. but he is a factor. There's yes. no question. And he's a factor with Dak Prescott. There's a comfort level you can understand, like, almost like a, a safety release valve. Um, so there's no question that he has made Dak you know, another level of quarterback this year. Dak looks comfortable as heck. Um, I, I'm not knocking Dak Prescott in any way on the field. I just wonder, because we're talking about the, the timing of these two deals, I wonder if Dallas would prefer to do Amari now and then wait on Dak Prescott and use the franchise tag on Prescott in February. I just wonder if that's what they would prefer. I don't think that'll be the case. I think you're right. I think it's going to be Prescott eventually, sometime throughout this season, and then Amari will get a tag in February. All right. Speaking of receivers, real quick, I don't know if you saw the piece in SI on Megatron. Great. Wasn't it awesome, awesome. piece? Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've heard yeah. some rumblings about, you know, 
where he is mentally and, you know, <laughs> sort of what he's been doing off the field and things like that. Right. Uh, he, he, guy who got it. That's a guy who got it more than most players should have gotten it at that stage because the NFL was this gigantic animal then. You remember? Like it was yes. like it was just eating these players alive. And he said, I'm out of here. I'm done. I, I know what I did. I know what I can do. I, I, I need to stop this now. It's an Andrew Luck kind of thing. Yeah. He, um, right? you know, for those who uh, he walked away from the Lions at age 30 mm-hmm. and, you know, because because of some injuries and just because of losing, yep. frankly, didn't like how the franchise was being run and uh, just said, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. And said if they were better off, if they're run better, he probably would have stayed. They've asked and he gave the money back. A million bucks. Yeah. It was a million six. Yep. I think uh, part of his signing bonus, yep. which frankly, uh, he, these aren't his words, but in light of uh, he used what Andrew Luck did, he go, it seems kind of cheesy. Uh, giving the money back and asking for the money back for a guy who did everything that needed to do. And he won't have anything to do with the Lions until he gets that money back, which well, I understand. I, the, the one thing I really wanted the article to hit on is, can you imagine that situation now? I mean, all you got to do is basically tweet, I hate the Lions. Right. And you get traded tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know sure. I mean, I mean that's, the, that's how things have changed in the last 10 years. It's basically, you know, he felt like he was locked into a terrible franchise forever. Because he signed a gigantic contract, and that's his fault probably. But he felt like he, yeah, he didn't want to be in there anymore. He hated the situation. He was making a ton of money, and he gave it up. But I, uh, I, I can't even imagine a wide receiver feeling that way now. Right. There are two. I, I like the um, how we talk about Barry Sanders. I said probably not a coincidence that both of us left team. at thirty. Same team. Same team. Right. Crazy. Barry Sanders, Hall of Famer. You think Johnson's think, a Hall of Famer? I, I would think. I mean, his yards per <laughs> yards per game are first all time. He was fun to watch, man. He was, he was unbelievable to watch. To watch. And he yeah. was on bad teams. I mean, oh, can you imagine? Terrible teams. Career earnings, Calvin Johnson, nine seasons. Um, well, I, he had that $130 million contract that he signed, but he walked away from the final. Just final two, I think. Final two years of yeah. it. So hang on. Um, I'm going to say he made $105 million. 113. Okay. 113. You were right there. Yeah. yeah that's, jeez. <laughs> and it sounds like he's been prudent with the money. Yeah. From the article. It seems that way, anyways. Yeah. Seems like a pretty good Because he seemed like, yeah, whatever. They want them uh, 1.6. That's why it seems cheesy. Like, it's if, crazy if you paid now. the guy over 100 million bucks, you want 1.6 back? It's crazy now. Oh, okay. Let me tell you how rich the league is. You find this video on YouTube. Everybody out there, find this video. There is a video going on YouTube about the coach whose job on the Rams it is to hold back Sean McVay on the sideline. It's called the hold back coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that he doesn't get a, he doesn't get an sportsman like for jumping onto the field because he gets animated a lot. That <laughs> that that guy has a salary in the NFL right now. The hold me back coach. So yeah, Calvin Johnson could probably keep his one point six million. Is my point? It's a pretty it's yeah, a pretty the, wealthy league. I think that was kind of his point the too. Hold me back, coach. Here's the one that what it, are we doing wrong? The one that uh, opened my eyes to it, and this was oh my gosh! I mean, how much money was in the league? And this was, this over twenty years ago. Yeah, Maybe when I was working on the radio network for the Buffalo Bills. Okay, and every road game, you know, we have to go in the locker room and set things up. Everything was still like every game. There's sideline apparel for coaches and players, brand new. Sure, like couldn't rewear. You know, rewear something. Yep. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. 
every game. New in the wrapper, boom, tags on every. That's 16 games. That's just apparel. And that's 20 years ago. Can you that's imagine? That's 20 them? years ago. They probably get a new pair of Beats headphones every game. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can't have any earwax in those things. Locker, locker clean out day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I was, it was incredible. They're just, yeah, leaving stuff, throwing, like, you know. Yeah. Goodbye. All right. Anyways, we digress. Let's talk some no, more. No, it's good. It's no, good. I, no, I just, no, you, you're right about, uh, you know, how much money is in the NFL and it's going to grow with sports gambling is that, uh, you know, comes on board no even question. more mainstream when teams start having kiosks in the stadium or uh, these relationships with them. And that's the economic engine that it is. And that's why we talk about these things. That's why players are saying, hey, I, I need more money. Yeah. That's why CBA is going to be up here. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad about the Calvin Johnson stuff, because it really is, it, it, it's its perfect evidence of how things have changed this past decade. Yeah. I mean, it is, well, we are in a different world right now. <laughs> but it, it also is evidence of a player that could have played longer, decided not to play longer because he could afford not to play longer. There's no question he's better off for it, too. Right. There's no question. You can tell in his words he's better off for it. But, but, um, but the same thing for, you know, Andrew Luck. Yeah who, you know, said, I've made enough money. I don't enjoy this anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm hurt. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Right? Um, And then Calvin Johnson, the same thing. So we may see this become more of a trend, more players looking at what the players before them went through and walking away early because they're making so much money. Let's transition into this because isn't the story right now is that, that half this league is basically kids? I mean, There's a at, lot of kids. Let's yes. talk about these quarterbacks. I mean, this this could be a trend because this might be the way that everybody wants to do this, do do business, right? I mean, if guys like Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, of course, are going to become the faces of this league almost instantaneously, and they're in the most important position. Why? And you're right; these guys are going to make. I mean, Mahomes. We'll talk about it sooner than later, I'm sure. But Mahomes is going to make 120 million guaranteed minimum with this new contract. And he's going to be 25 years old right. when he signs that deal. I mean, if you watch ballers. So why would he play after 30? Right. If you watch ballers, you're going to offer him 176 million. Yeah. Well, fictitiously. We'll see. But that's a, well, pre- you know, that's a pretty big leap. Why would, he can, play, why would he play after 30? I don't know. It's a great question. That, but aren't we going to get to that point? Right? Aren't we going to get there? The rookie wage scale is going to keep, you know, keep it tempered for a couple of years. But look at as the cap rises and these contracts get, get heftier and heftier. And they are. I mean, we've got running backs making 16 million now. If, if this continues to grow. The, the shelf life of the career is seven years right now. Maybe it's five by the time we get to the new CBA. Well, I think the, the, the greats, as long as they're able to stay healthy, and this is where style of play comes into play, that, yeah. you know, the quarterback, they'll continue to play. But you look at Tom Brady, Drew Brees. I just wonder. Uh, Phillip Rivers. They're not, they're, not see mobi- that again? they're not mobile quarterbacks. They're yeah. pocket guys. True. Um, and so they haven't. It's actually a great point because, right? because we don't haven't know yet. We don't know yet if a mobile quarterback can, is sustainable. We don't know. We really haven't seen it. The only have we? I mean, Russell Wilson, but he's a shell of himself now, right? He's probably the best example. He made, he made a nice run the other day. Other day, he did. Um, boy, yeah, I guess he's probably. You know, we can go way back. Steve Young, but oh, he's sure, an outlier. He's sure. an outlier. Yeah, the Cunninghams and all that. Those were that was a different era too. But my they, my but, point is, half of these guys now. Are, are all probably mobile. tagged as mobile quarterbacks sure. to some degree. We don't know yet if these guys can get to you know thirty two years old. I mean, you think right? Of the, you're right. No, the, the young guys that are playing quarterback, uh, Allen with Buffalo, mm-hmm. Trubisky with Chicago, yeah. Mahomes can move. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. Um, we're looking at all right. Looking at Cam Newton, right with the Panthers. He's Didn't not, play. He's not going to get there. 
It doesn't seem like he's going to get he's there. He's not going to get there. The, the book on him is he doesn't move nearly as fast as he used to. He's trying to be a, a pocket quarterback, and um, he's hurt. The, the guy has been hit a lot. Yeah. And it looks like it's taken its toll. That's, and this Kyle Allen kid looked pretty good the other day so for the Panthers, right? That's a perfect right? example of, of sort of the point I'm trying to make here is we're not sure if if the majority of these players can sustain the damage it takes to move around as much as they're doing and stay in the league for 12 years. I'm not sure right. it's possible. Well, I'm and not the, sure it's possible. And the, and the way offenses are, if if more teams go to the spread offense, yeah. all of a sudden you're Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah. Let's just plug or, – or you're at Oklahoma. Uh, let's just plug in the next quarterback, yeah. right? Certainly the next wide receiver. I mean, that's what Kansas City's doing with Mahomes. Right. right? Yes. They don't even miss Tyreek Hill. It's ridiculous. It's just give me six weapons and, and Travis Kelsey and I'll go win games, right? I mean – the, uh, his arm's incredible, by the way. He, uh, we'll dedicate a show to him soon because, like I said, we're going to talk about his value. I mean, he is money in the bank, 375 and three touchdowns. Yes. And 404 is probably going to be every other week. I mean, that's, that's the caliber of player. And, and Andy Reid needs way more credit, way more credit for this. This is the perfect marriage for this whole recipe to work. Um, but it's working and it's becoming the norm and that's scary. <laughs> that's scary from a contract standpoint. That's scary from a lot of a lot of angles. Well, he, he deserves credit for recognizing it. No question. Uh, when he was coming out of college to say we want to trade to move up to draft that guy cuz that he's going to be the guy and we're going to get rid of somebody who's pretty good, year, Smith. But a year early they did. A year, a year yeah, early. Yeah. They knew the plan 2 years prior to what they, when they were going to do it. They knew the guy, they knew everything about it. They knew the system that they had was going to work for him. It, like I said, Andrew Reid deserves a ton, a ton of credit for this. Daniel Jones, um, yeah, I would say you know, it's a missed kick. All right, they should have lost. The, they should have lost the game. Sure, but he played well. Uh, phenomenal. Yeah. So <laughs> phenomenal. Eli. He so, they're, they're locked in. They're locked in Eli, right? There's no reason Don't to. Me, you know, you know, not to get me started okay, on the Eli I'm situation. Sorry. You want to trade six radio I, shows in a row? Jones. I know. I know. <laughs> Just makes no. I, I get it. He's a mentor. He's a seventeen million dollar mentor. Fine, but it's seventeen million dollars. What are we doing? Could he be traded before the deadline? Yeah, of course. He does have a no trade clause though, and I, and I've heard he doesn't want to go. So maybe he won't be going. Yeah, his family's there. But look at rooted. It only takes one team. <laughs> you know? Sure. I mean, if Jackson, what if Jacksonville's six and four, right? Well, hold on. And Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, the, I mean, if the he second man. Up, yeah, they, that I guy can't. is a rock star. Totally polarizing. I mean, couldn't be more fun. Yeah, couldn't no, be more. Fun. He's great. Love the way he dresses. The whole. He's completing seventy percent of his passes. He's got the stash. He's got everything working for him. The story around him is great. How he wanted to Perfect. go and be the third quarterback at Alabama, be a graduate the, assistant, and become a coach, and he goes and plays for Mike Leach, and there he is with the Jaguars, and he's a star. The story about how his name got put together is ju- is just as interesting. I mean, everything about this guy is just <laughs> crazy good, but. I'm not sure it's sustainable, but that's what I mean. If but if he's the guy, let's just say sure. if, if he can continue this moving forward, what what is Jacksonville? Jacksonville has Nick Foles in this. Yeah, uh, that's that's the problem. Foles is completely locked in next year at, at a big number. It's, it's huge dead cap next year. Foles is going to be the guy next year, barring he can return, of course. Um, so, But look at Minshew's on a four-year rookie contract, sixth-round pick. He's huh. $2.5 million for four years. So you, don't have, you have no problem putting him on the bench for a year, and then if you have to readdress it in 2021, you do it. But uh, this is this is a good problem to have for Jacksonville for sure because you know the full situation got bad. Quick this there. is familiar territory for Nick Foles, not being injured. I'm just saying. Yeah, where let me ask you this. I was thinking about this. How, is there a little smile on his face when he watches the Eagles play right now? Because the Eagles are kind of bad right now. I mean, they have not bad. figured this thing out. They're kind of bad. They're hurt. 
but Carson Wentz isn't blowing anything up. That's for no. sure. I mean, it's got to be a little chip on his shoulder knowing hey, we, he uh, he took that offense to great places. We've talked about this. Yeah. We talked about this when, when when the full situation came up, and you know, I'd said several times that Foles should be your guy. He's one of the big moments. Kyle Allen. Who the hell is Kyle Allen? <laughs> yeah, I actually had to write that down because I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know he played you know big time college football, but you know, he came out of Houston. Essentially, he transferred away out of the SEC to Houston, and he can play. And it looks better than it probably is because Cam hasn't played. I mean, Cam right. is Cam can't throw the ball. Cam can't move and Cam can't throw. So if that's important to a quarterback, he's probably going to be in trouble. <laughs> there, there's an old adage in the NFL: your backup, like you know, backup quarterback, give you four games and play two and two. Yeah, that's so right. that's what we need to see. That's going to be on Ryan Fitzpatrick's gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that we predicted that. Yeah, he's a great guy. Only it was two. Is two games, and <laughs> he yeah. is the best. But yeah, that's the story of his career. He, he's got four year stints or four game stints. Um, yeah, so no, I don't think anybody expects Kyle Allen to do that every week. But the, the the bigger story with Carolina is number one that was the best they've played in maybe a year and a half here, and number two, Cam's pretty pretty easily to get out of this contract now. I mean, this is it. He's on the backside of this contract. There's a reason they didn't resign him. Um, because he's just completely broken, broken down, maybe completely broken. Um, they can save like $19 million next year to get rid of him. So I think the writing's on the wall, whether that means they bring him back on a modified contract, maybe like an incentive based contract, maybe, um, otherwise you don't want to win games, right? That's the other part of this. Sure. And and that's, what's interesting with Carolina, because if, if they are going to move on from, from Cam Newton and they don't think Kyle Allen is an option, you know, long-term, then you got to tank. I, I mean, maybe this isn't the year to tank, right? Maybe, they, maybe they're thinking, we'll ride this out and then we'll tank hard next year for Trevor Lawrence because clearly the Dolphins are winning the tank, right? The tank contest. I mean, they are, yes. they are the, the, the greatest tank in the history of tank right now. So, and By the way, Trevor Lawrence will play well from you know Clemson in Carolina. That's pretty close, right? About three hours. That's nice. Yeah. He would be idolized immediately. There. Be a rock star. He already is a rock star. All right, let's just say that's going to be the plan then. Right? Okay, <laughs> gonna, they're, they're going to go six and ten this year, and then tank hard next year. So look for a ton of Carolina cuts next March. Okay, <laughs> including Call, Cam Newton. Calling it earlier. <laughs> hey, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, is performing well, which you said you you predicted he'd play well. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought they would they'd at least give the, the playoffs a sniff. Um, it sure looks like they're going to contend, and that's pretty fun. And boy, does it make Indy look good. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. They did the right thing with Andrew Luck, and then they did the right thing in giving Brissett a little signing bonus. You know, you know, essentially a thirteen million dollar raise here for twenty nineteen that comes with, uh, you know, fifteen million next year. Which, if he stays on this path, fifteen million ain't gonna happen. I mean, he's he's gonna have to yeah. say sorry, th- thank you for the nice gesture, but we got to make this thing twenty five or thirty five pretty quickly here. Um, because he's twenty seven. I mean, this is gonna be his one chance at a contract essentially. So he. Uh, He's playing his his way right into the postseason and possibly a big big contract. I think it's a cool story, really cool story. It's just it's sort of karma, right? K- karma being being kicked in the right way. Well, the interesting thing uh, is here's a guy who's traded from New England. There, right? Uh, they saw something and they stuck with him. They didn't panic. You're right. When Luck uh, retired, they did not panic. Right. And I th- that's why I think it's very cool. And I think a lot of that is because of Frank Reich. They're, they're head coach. Uh, no question. He's coach of the year right now, right? 
He's coach of the year. You lose your starting quarterback two for the season. Yes. You're in the in playoff contention. We'll see, but no question that that Frank Reich has a lot to do with that right now. Now let's uh, NHL futures. Yeah, we're, we're around the corner here gambling. from the NHL season. Yes, uh, gambling it is, but it, it's interesting. N- NHL, you want to gamble on a sport? It's the one that involves the most luck. Oh no Esper. question. Oh no, because question. Uh, you know a bounce. Yeah, that's where a bounce can uh, do wonders. And let's just look at last year. Tampa, the favorite going into the postseason, had it locked up, President's Trophy winner, and they get out in the first round by Columbus. So uh, that just shows you that uh, it's very difficult. So when you look at the... The futures in the NHL, if you're you're going to the sports book right now, and lo and behold, Tampa's there again. Of course. Six to one. I, no, and I've got no problem with that. They are they're a deep team. They they should be built to win. But that that second team to me is a question mark. Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Ba- they were barely a factor last year. They really took a step back after yeah. their crazy first season. Which was predictable. It was. But is that is that all it was? Was it just a sophomore slump? Is all this was? Because let me let me put it this way. They didn't do much this offseason. All right. And they didn't, they didn't go and bring out a ton of new faces. They, in fact, they traded away a decent defenseman in Colin Miller. Um, they added some smaller pieces, but here's what they did do. They pumped $350 million into extensions and free agents and, and draft picks and things like that. They essentially just bolstered their current roster financially. Um, that's the most in, in the NHL, by the way, of offseason spending. So Vegas was impactful in, in terms of their own roster. They just didn't, didn't make any big moves to, to shake it up a little bit. So clearly they think, and Vegas thinks, they had this thing right all along. They just took a stumble last year. Well, But they're the Western Conference favorites? Yeah, it's that it seems a little off to, to me. The magical season, because they were cast-offs yeah. that bonded together and right. were playing to prove something. Yeah. And my experience with hockey, that seems to happen a lot players in expiring contracts or get moved have something to prove sure and they come together and play well and now what what they have to prove is living up to contracts so living up to what they've been, what what they've been awarded for what they've done not only that but you know as well as anybody you just don't repeat in hockey you just don't repeat pittsburgh that's the, why st louis is 16 right. to 1 this year correct i mean cuz it, it's not going to happen Right, so for Vegas to, to to get back to the Stanley Cup last year was almost an impossibility, right? Yes, odds were greatly against them. Okay, so so clearly that's the same thing, thing with the Blues here. Right, exactly. They're probably exactly where they should be, sixteen to one. But what the Knights do have is a goaltender yeah. that has done it. Seven million a year. They yes, paid Flurry this year. That they have a goaltender that's done it, and that's why they were successful two years ago. Yeah. And I think that's what they're betting on right I, now. I, I think that plus. I think the West might be a little weak. Traditionally, the West has always been stronger. It but doesn't feel that way. It does doesn't it? feel that way. No, All right. no not, not with Tampa Bay, not with Toronto. Yeah, let's talk about these because Toronto's really interesting. Obviously, they've done some damage contractually this year, and they've got three of the top seven salaries in hockey. Okay, yes. uh, which is hard to do. But really, what it means is we're going to score some goals. I mean, they they made a decent acquisition defensively in Muzzin, who's going to be sort of your shutdown guy. But they, you know, they let two or three defensemen walk just because they literally could not afford. They, afford I mean, we've talked about it. They're at a point now where they've got it. They've they need players to be injured to, to make their cap right. Yes, <laughs> that's essentially where they are cap wise. It also leads me to believe there's going to be a trade coming, which that's fun. A, a big trade. I the, think there's going to be a move out of there. Deadline time. Yes, that's what I mean. I think so. I I think they'll need to bring in defense, a defenseman <laughs> who can move the puck mm-hmm. for them. Um, you know, they have the forwards to uh, carry the puck. 
but after losing Gardner, you know, I just think they, they need to bring in somebody at the deadline who can uh, move the puck, play on the power play, you know, kill some penalties. Yeah. Now, everybody's always looking for defensemen at the deadline. Yeah, right. right? I it's mean, like, it's, it's, it's like relief pitching in baseball. Absolutely, right. It's a huge <laughs> commodity when it comes to that. But but, but they've got... They they've know got they some, need help there. They've got some... I mean, if they want to move, move Nylander to get that defenseman, they can. They can essentially yes. afford to lose him. He's the fourth option now, right? I mean, that's pretty crazy. He got... Yeah. The, the, and he's on the cheapest contract. Yes. So, he, he'd be the guy to... And he's, he's young. He's very tradable. So I, I see that as the move that, you know, leading up to February. But... I, they they're going to score goals. Tampa's I mean, going to score goals. I mean, we talked about wanting the Lakers and the Yankees to be relevant. Hockey needs Toronto to be relevant again. Yes, and they if, do. If, if Toronto's going to score five goals a night, it's going to be must see TV. It will. Uh, it, well, it needs need they need to be there relevant because let's face it, a great deal of revenues come from the Canadian television rights. Yeah, right. They're, the the rights are they get more from Canadian television rights than they do American television rights, and. Toronto's the number one grossing franchise in the NHL. Then there's you know Montreal, who are going to be bad. Yeah, and then you have and Edmonton. You know, well Vancouver to figure it out. Vancouver generates a lot of dough, but they're not great either. Vancouver's forty to one. Montreal's sixty to one. Ottawa's five hundred to one. Yeah, capital. So they, you so they a, need Toronto. <laughs> you have a tryout with Ottawa next week. No That's how uh, rough they are there. Here's an interesting team. You know, if you wanted a, a value bet, in my opinion. Okay, here uh, we go. You want to? You want to value? I've got, I've got two. A value bet here. You say, "Wow, this is not." But the Blackhawks. Okay, I like to me that. our value bet because they have Hall of Fame players still like on it. their team. Um, they've had young guys with a little chance to mature. They've made a few moves. That's right. The you know Leonard and goal. Yeah, let, let, um, let me they, tell you they, why they, I like them too. They Kevin. got the goalie who's turned his life around there, and I just literally, I, 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 you know, like they're forty to one. Like, listen, if you're going to bet six to one on Tampa, okay, great. But that's not exciting, no. right? Like, no, no. You, if you're going to gamble, that's disposable income that you're going to be like, okay, you know. So I'm talking. Listen, I'm talking about. Hey, I got an extra hundo that I just want to put on there yeah. just for fun, a fun bet. Forty-one, the Blackhawks. I like all the reasons you just mentioned. Not to mention, they got themselves in cap hell for about a year and a half, and they really had to get out of it, and they're out of it. So they they sort of took one for the team, literally to get themselves over that hump, and now they can start to add some pieces. So they can be a deadline team where they, where they can make a splash and bring somebody in to push this thing through. I, if they're relevant in January, they can be big through the rest of the year. They can they can really make a, yeah. make some noise in that, in that West. And, and it's probably because I had a conversation with Patrick Kane at a oh, golf you? tournament we were both playing in. Name uh, drop. A th- <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a three-day golf tournament, and he, he's in unbelievable shape. Yeah. Um, and ready to rock. How old is so, he now? Is he 30? Is he 30? I think he might be. I got to look. All right. I mean, Taves is 32. I got to fact check this. They're old, but they can get there, right? Let me give you the other team, the other sleeper. It's an Eastern team, and it's the it's the, the, the team that got Jake Gardner away from Toronto. Carolina was darn good. They were way better than we thought they were going to be last year, and they added that defensive piece, signed a couple of their players. They uh, they shed their big goalie contract, right? I mean, that, that was sort of their dead weight. Carolina's 30 to 1. 30 to 1, yeah. and they were factors in the East last year. Now, there's a lot of teams ahead of them in the East. Yeah, they're a bunch of jerks. For those who don't follow <laughs> hockey, that's what Don Cherry called them, the legendary Canadian broadcaster, and they embraced it and moved forward. Kane was born in 88, so 31? he's 31. 31. He's turning 31 okay, this they're, year. They're getting pretty old. 
Yeah. But 70 to one, we take Carolina and Chicago. What do you think about that? I like it. Uh, yeah. I those, like are, it. those are, uh, those are, that's to win the Stanley Cup now. Yeah. That's not just to make the playoffs. That is to oh, yeah. win. Go big or go home, baby. That's to win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. If you want to, like an Eastern Conference, yeah. Lightning are three to one, Maple Leafs uh, nine you to two. Get 15 on Carolina. That's to win the East. All right. See, I like that bet. I like it. I like that bet um, if you're just going Eastern Conference. And when it comes to the Western Conference, I mean, Chicago, that's still a good bet there. It's 20 to one. It's good. 20 to one. It's good. If you want to go divisions here, Tampa's even money. Even money. That's yeah. crazy. I, I think they're going to win the division. But, I, but ahead of Toronto? It's, it's even. It, well, yes. I do think they're better than Toronto. I, I think they're better than Toronto. Um, like the it. Caps to win the Metro at seven. See, this is where Carolina's a good bet again. Four to one. Right? Caps, Penguins, yeah. I mean, those are equal teams ahead of them. You got Ovechkin and Crosby in the division. That's probably why the Hurricanes are are not favored there. Central Division, the Stars and Preds are seven to two. Avalanche three to one. Sneaky, worst to first, right? Yeah, Avalanche worst are to first. They Avalanche got real are, good. Gold, Golden Knights are five to four. I don't understand it. That is, come on, that yeah. is crazy. I just don't. I, it's a solid roster, but that's where it ends for me. Yeah, that's I mean, where it ends. Listen, you got Calgary, um, San Jose are the other. Uh, Calgary's four to one. San Jose's five to one. After that, Arizona, that's Vancouver. Division. That's a tough division. I mean, the L.A. Kings. You want to talk about a team that has fallen hundred to one? Yeah, they're easily the worst L.A. team in sports right now. Yes, it's not even close. I mean, think about the Clippers, the Lakers, the Dodgers, everybody. Even the Angels had a, had a, an average year. Right? Well, you look at the the teams that uh, alternated years winning: the Kings and Blackhawks. Sure, and you know you you, you pay. The, this is where Vegas better win now because you're going to pay for it later in being bad. You're right because you're right. You're, you're in cap jail. Wow. Make sure you're not in cap jail when it comes to your finances, especially if uh, you are a high earner. A professional athlete or entertainer, see our friends at Morgan Stanley Global Sports Entertainment. They'll give you all the information you need, knowledge to make informed decisions about your cash, your wealth, your legacy. Learn more. Visit morganstanley.com slash GSE. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. For Mike Gennetti, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the Spot Track Podcast.